You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Hereford. If you would like to find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. We are talking about, we are on our uh, series of uh, preparing for revival. And I have this beautiful, amazing opportunity to talk uh, about uh, humbling ourselves. Uh, one of the most famous uh, scriptures of the Bible, been used for so long, for so long, which is, uh, if my people call by my name, can we come, go back to the first one, just so we can read together the, yes. If my people call by my name, uh, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. One of the most famous and beautiful uh, Bible verses of, of, of the Bible. And I have the privilege to go through one of the topics that for me, actually I chose this one when we were splitting between other people that are sharing. Uh, I had the privilege to ask, can I talk about uh, humbling ourselves? I said, yes, of course. And I've been digesting it for the last two weeks. I've been uh, poor Paula because I've been listening the same song for two weeks. And uh, can you change, please? Spotify has other songs as well. Uh, but I'm over there digesting, digesting it and asking God for a direction. And I want to talk about humility. Uh, because humility, we, uh, we misunderstand a lot about this, about humility. Uh, and I think we need to come back to what is the heart of humility, what is the heart of being humble, because that's a calling for the church. Humility is not an option for the church. Humility, we need to understand something. When you think about humility, you usually connect to someone that reacts in a good way or reacts in a different way, and usually they have a, a way of behavior. But let me tell you something. Humility is not an option, and humility is not a behavior. But humility, being humble, is the very nature of Christ, and is revealed by faith. We need to understand that usually because we think, oh, look that how the, the person is humble. They said something about him and he didn't pay back. So usually relate to being humble to something that is how that person reacts to something. Oh, it's a state of mind. Or oh, that person is really humble because, no, let me tell you something. We're going to read some Bible verses, but humility, being humble is part of our nature and it's part of Jesus' nature. It's not something he used to behave like that, but it was who he was and who he is. If we see, uh, there's Matthew chapter 11. It's one of the most famous Bible verses as well. It's an invitation for those who are tired. And it's interesting because usually when we, we come to the next, uh, to this verse in Matthew 11, uh, have you ever heard this Bible verse saying, come to me, all of those who are tired, all of those who are, uh, and you will find rest. You have heard about this, right? And it's interesting because usually we read things or we read Bible verses without understanding the context of it. There is a specific invitation from Jesus Christ in this Bible verse. And it's, the, it's an invitation for those who are tired. Of course, if you're tired by any reason, Jesus invites you. But there's a specific invitation in this Bible verses. And Jesus was were calling those who were tired because they were proud. And you may not, wow, because Jesus starts these verses 
It starts in Matthew uh, uh, 11, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 25. He says, look, uh, uh, the Father has chose to reveal something just for the children. But he has hidden this for those who were proud, for those who thought they were wise, for those who were uh, proud of themselves. No one knows a father but the one that the father chooses to reveal himself. And no one knows a son but the father. And no one will know the father unless the son reveals the father. So Jesus starts this verse saying, come to me, all of those who are tired, by saying this, that this thing that I want to tell you, the father has and Jesus has hidden from all of those who think they are something. And now they are revealing, and we are, now we are revealing only for those, only for those that the Father chose, and for those who the Son chose to reveal it. And then he comes and says, so come to me, all of those who are tired and weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, because I'm what? I'm gentle and Humble. Jesus didn't say, I react gently. I react in a humble way. No, Jesus said, learn to me. Because part of my nature, part of who I am, is being humble. Learn from me. You need to learn from me. You need to leave the state of what you're living right now. Because you need to learn that I am humble. And then you will find rest for your soul. When you understand that whatever I do, and my nature is someone humble. Let me tell you something. Do you have any idea why man was created for last? So you know the creation? So God created everything. And at the end, what was the last thing that God created? Man. Why we were the last one? Let me tell you something, why we were the last ones that were created. We were the first intention of God's heart. God wanted the family. We were the last one to be created because when God created you and me, he established first every single thing we need to fulfill our purpose. There was nothing missing. And then he created a man and he said, man, now that I created you, there's nothing left to be done. There's nothing lack in your life. So therefore, go and be fruitful in everything I called you. Do you need food? There's food. Do you need water? There's water. Do you need clothes? You can make clothes. Do you need a place to share? There's an entire garden. Everything you need to fulfill your purpose is created. So now go because there's nothing missing on you. But what are we turning our life into? And why are we so tired? Because instead of we are inverting the process. And not only that, we teach our children to, to invert this process as well. So what do we do? We come to God and say, God, because Jesus said, I created everything. Now here is the life I chose for you. Go, it's ready. What are we doing as a church? We come to God and say, God, this is the life I want. And now, create the things that I need for this life. 
and we get so tired because we're on this proud process of, of, of expecting that Jesus will fulfill our, our desires. Let me tell you something, my friend. You read the Bible, right? Have you ever, so if you ever read that the temptations of Jesus, you'll be able to answer this. Who promised angels to protect us when we do things out of the God's will? Who offered angels to protect Jesus when he was doing something out of God's will? Someone came to Jesus and said, jump over there. Do something different. Say, Bayo, it was Satan. My youth, so proud of you guys. Satan came to Jesus and said, you know, do something that you were not called to do. And then he will send you angels to protect you. Who offered Jesus all the things of this world in exchange of worship. And then we come to church and we come to do the worship. Expecting that by our worship, expecting by our service, we're going to get exchanged. Let me tell you something. It's the opposite way. God has chosen a life for the church to live. And we need to humbly come and say, Jesus, I don't know what it is, but teach me. Because whatever is my calling, whatever is the calling of the church, everything we need for that has been created already. I don't know what is the life that you have for me. But that I know that whatever it is, I'm ready. Because Jesus has shared with us his nature. I'm part of his nature. And Jesus, God, only reveals himself to the humble. Let me tell you something, my friend. It's Bible. It's here. God only reveals himself to the humble. If we see Psalms 138, verse 6, it says like this, uh, Though the Lord is on high, he attends to the humble. He's in a higher place, but he can't hold himself being close to those who are humble. And he knows the ones who are proud. But let, what, let us see what the Bible says about God. But the proud, God chooses to see them from a far place. That's what he's saying. But the proud, he knows them from afar. Those who are humble, God chooses to be close with them. But those who are proud, God makes the intention. Sometimes I forget there's some online. I'm sorry. It drives people crazy over there. Uh, but God chooses to see the proud from a distant place. Because those who choose to be proud, they're choosing to leave something that is against the nature that we were created. When we talk about humility, we're talking about us coming to God and saying, God, your will be done. We were talking about the, your will be done. Your will, your will. This week we were, as I was preparing this, and I was declaring for so long, we had our life group and I was declaring, uh, I don't want anything but Jesus. I was reminding myself that I want Jesus, I want Jesus. I don't need those things. I don't need those things. 
I don't need materials. I need to remind myself because I love those things. Uh, it's, uh, sometimes it becomes almost a passion. Anything material, comfort, those things, they, they, it, they are great. And because they are great, we can be lost on those things. And as I was this week telling myself, God, remind me that I don't, my heart cannot be on those things. My heart cannot be on those things. On uh, Wednesday morning? Wednesday morning, as I've been praying, God, I don't need those things. I don't need those things. I don't need, my heart cannot be on those things. On Wednesday morning, I was uh, changing my kids to take Elena to nursery. Someone rang me. Was my neighbor said, JP, someone just smashed your car. I went outside, someone lost the, the control of the car uh, and hit our car. And I'm still waiting for our engineer to come take a look if it's lost or not. Uh, and the moment when I went outside, I saw the lady who drove into our car. I went to her and I said, first of all, are you okay? Because people is always more important than car. So you're okay? Do you need water? Do you need something? No, I'm okay. Brilliant. Because the car, we're going to start out. The first thing I need to know is if you're okay. And then after, her mom came to thank me. Because she never saw something like that. Elena broke. We were telling Elena, telling Elena not to play with some toy at home. No, it wasn't a toy. It was a decoration for Christmas. And we were telling Elena, don't play with that. Don't play with that. And then she was praying. What happened? She broke it. My first thing that I wanted to do was like, Elena, I told you. It was my first month of the thing I ever said. But I went to her and I said, Elena, in this house, things are more first people are more important than things. So I need to check first if you're okay. Did you hurt yourself? This glass. You're okay? Now you're okay. Good. But we were talking, telling not to play with this because you can hurt yourself. I was telling our youth group, our, our, our Bible study group, our life group. So be careful when you pray, asking God to protect your car. Be careful when you pray, asking God to send angels to protect your car. Because when angels were created to protect people. So you're praying for God to put an angel next to your car to protect it. And a burglar come. The angel will make sure that the burglar doesn't hurt himself. Because an angel will never protect your car, my friend. Because an angel will never miss the nature of God. And we do. We are losing the nature of why we were created for. We are losing it. Because Jesus, knowing the will of God, what did he do? He gave up all his rights. He just gave up his rights. What did he do? He humbled himself. If you see Philippians chapter 2, let's take a look on how, what is the process of what he did. Uh, can you move on, please? Uh, I think nearly there. Another one? Another one? Yes. Pay attention, Philippians chapter 2. Look the process of what Jesus did. Jesus, he. So pretty much it says, uh, it's a beautiful Bible verse. It says, being in very nature God, so he was God, 
his nature was being God. It says that he did not consider being God, equality with God, something to be used to his own advantage. Instead of it, instead of it, he humbled himself by doing what? He made himself nothing. First thing that he, Jesus did, he made himself nothing. Jesus, and we struggle to do that. Jesus, JP, Jesus, I love you, but you. Jesus, he made himself nothing. How? By taking the nature of a servant. And then he did what? As he was found as a man, he became like a man. Then he humbled himself. By doing what? By obeying until death. There is a process for us to go through if we want to humble ourselves. We need, first of all, to make us nothing. And I'll tell you something. I don't have proud. I, I love when Paul says, look at me. Because Paul said that. He said, if you want to see God, look at me. I keep telling the youth that if anyone wants to see God, they are the ones to be seen. Those, the guys who stay on the uh, welcome team, they use those jackets, right? They are to be seen. If you go, who likes cycling here? You're crazy. I went cycling and uh, I was like, I'm going to be healthy now. And I went cycling on the countryside and suddenly I ate probably 1,500 bugs. Uh, uh, a lot of them got in my ears and my eyes. I said, why people like cycling? They're crazy. But anyway, if, you're, if you go cycling, and you, you use those colorful jackets and everything to be seen. You are safer as long you are seen. You are in danger the moment that you are hidden. So Jesus knows it. And, and Paul knew it. That he said, look, look at me. If you want to see Jesus, look at me. When I walk into the schools that we are doing uh, mentoring. I know that I don't have anything good, but I know that I carry something really good. So I don't have problem to be seen. Because if I'm not seen, if no one sees me, if no one sees you at work, if no one sees you when you go shopping, if no one sees you humbly enough, how will they know? We need to take the I keep telling. Uh, so I think for my life group today, there's only Jolan and Emily over there. Is Tony here? Uh, they were. I think they are helping the kids. And actually, Tony might be with uh, uh, Elijah because Charity is with the kids today. So that cup over there is on my life group. Can you just have a stand, please? No. Yeah. No one likes it. They want to take me out of my leadership, but they are over there. Even they are sitting. It's just over there. You can see over there. I think they will suck me from the leadership of the life group. Because I'm telling them that we're going to multiply this year. And uh, I keep telling them that uh, they don't have a choice. 
because I'm not raising kids. I'm raising parents. I'm raising people that they need to look after others. That they be, need to be humble enough to take responsibility. And what I believe, my friend, you know what revival will do? We misunderstand a lot about revival. Because we think that revival will fill stadiums with Christians. What is your idea of revival? Sometimes our idea of revivals is seeing O2 Arena full of Christians singing. I don't know. And we think that's revival. And people will be there saying, wow, look at the Holy Spirit. There's nothing wrong on that. The Holy Spirit does that. I'm not mocking it. But you know what revival will do? You know what revival will do? Revival will give a better church to this world. There's only one thing that revival will do. Revival will give a better church to this nation. Our nations, they are suffering. The miserable, miserable church we became. Because we come to God praying for the things that he, never, he has never promised us. We serve. I love when people come to say to me, I'm telling you something, if I ever come to talk to you about helping with something, I'm asking your help. I'm asking your help. And please, be honest with your answers. Don't tell me that you can't because you're too busy. Because I don't do church because I have plenty of time. Every time when someone says, I can't because I'm too busy, makes me wonder, well, Am I doing church because I don't have family, I don't have work, I don't have anything else? Say that, look, under my thought of priorities, it's not on my list right now. My priorities right now is to look after my family, my job, and that doesn't match. But something that I've been exhausted. We need to be a church that takes responsibility. A few weeks ago, I had, I think, nine nights on a row busy with the church. And I'm usually quite good to organize which weeks of, the, of nights I'm going to be at home helping everything. But there was a specific week that I had nine uh, nights on a row. Uh, and Elena, she came to me and said, Daddy, you're going at night again to church. I said, Yes, but night we need to rest. And I said, yes, Eliana, night we need to rest. But sometimes church will demand our family's sacrifice. And I want my daughter to understand that I don't want her to grow in a church where it's an option. Church became something to us that become if we didn't have a busy week, I need rest this week. Because one hour and a half 
on a Sunday morning. <sighs> but let me tell you something. Uh, especially with the youth, especially to the parents of the youth as well, uh, and to the other church, leading the youth, my main goal is not for them to know Jesus. And I'll explain why. Because if there's one thing that I know is that everyone one day will know Jesus. They don't need me to know Jesus because that will happen. Some of them will know later. Some of them will know now. But my main effort with our youth is not for them to know Jesus. The same way with my main goal with this church when I'm sharing my life here and I brought my family to Brazil. My main goal with my life group it's not for you guys to know Jesus. Because even if it's when you die, you're going to know Jesus. Every knee will bow down. So with the people that I have the privilege to lead and to serve, I have one specific goal. When I'm talking to Aaron, Jake, when I'm talking to Sam, when I, Dami Fola, Bayou, Sally, Hess, Dave, I have one specific goal in my heart with them. It's for them to love what Jesus loves. Because they will know, they will know Jesus. So my effort is not for them to just know Jesus. I will die, I will give my life to make sure that they love what Jesus loves. They give their life, taking responsibility. So last Friday I came here. And last Friday I was talking to a kid who is 14 years old. And 14 years old, he's been already, I think, to three or three or four different foster homes. And he was using a cup. He said to me, this cup I gave my, to my father. My father, he died six months ago. So I'm always wearing this cup. <laughs> Someone who's 14 years old, whose sister lives in another podcast. <laughs> uh, health court? A care home. Not care home. Uh, a care. And I invited him to come on Tuesday. He said that he would try. And there was a guy outside using something really smelly. And so he went there, he knew the guy. He said, please, we run a youth club over here. Do you mind using this somewhere else? Because we have young people coming over here, and I don't think it's good for you to use this one. Something I would never do. He went there, 14 years old. And the guy said, yes, of course. Oh, don't worry. I didn't know we were running the youth group. And he left. And when I talk about the, when I was thinking about this group, I was like, my goodness, Friday is possibly one of the only nights that I'm free. I was thinking, 
the disciples, they, they did a prayer once to Jesus. They saw the, the crowd. And they did a prayer. And I don't want to spend my life doing the same prayer. Because I want to be humble. The disciples, they saw the crowd being hungry. And they prayed. And they said, Jesus, send these people home. So they can eat. They had the courage to do this prayer to Jesus. It's a prayer because he was talking to Jesus. He was alive over there, but it's a prayer. The disciples, they had the courage to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, these people are in need. They are hungry. And they were not humble enough to take responsibility because they lost their heart. They did not have the understanding yet. And the only thing that Jesus did was replying to them, feed them yourself. So I don't know how I'm going to be able to help. And I don't know how we're going to do with our youth connecting and serving them. But when I look to Dave, to Hess, to Bio, to Dam, to Fola, to all of you, when I look at you, my friend, I'm crying out for you to take responsibility. You know, I left Friday over here, Tim. I'm finishing. But I left Tim uh, Friday over here. Do you know that there's a, a group that gets together he over here that do gaming? I don't know how to call it. Gaming? War uh, gaming or something? Uh, Outback has sometimes 30 kids that God is bringing to this church. And I won't tell God to send them home without feed, without food. And I was going by, I saw the group, Tim. And I left this place saying, God, I wish I could speak their language. One of them were wearing like a Napoleon Bonaparte kind of hat or something. Wow. And I left praying and God, allow some people to speak their language. I don't know how to speak their language. On Friday, sometimes we have more people attending Friday nights over here than sometimes we have on services. God is bringing. Who will be humble enough to take responsibility? Who will be humble enough? I will try to make our youth to take responsibility. Because my effort will be for them to love what Jesus loves. Not necessarily to only know Jesus. But I will make an investment on them. That they can love what Jesus loves. I want to try to just sing a song. And it can be just, just him. Because I believe that God wants to bring us back to a place that we were lost.
who will take responsibility? Who will humble ourselves? Who will love? Are you ready to give a better marriage to this world? Every time, sometimes I'm rude to my wife. I'm not, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I lose a temper. And this world needs me to be a better husband. Sometimes I lose a temper with my daughter. Pastors, drunk people, annoying. Boy, Shirley, thank you so much. You did a huge investment over there. So many good seats. So many good seats. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. see the trunks on the streets bothering you when you change the path you go to the other side because they disturb Jesus sent them home because they are drunk because they are smelly we need to come back to the heart of worship Back to the calling of the church to be nothing it's all about Jesus it's all about revealing Jesus it's all about revealing who he is if my people call by my name become like Jesus if my people call my life by my name love like Jesus if my people call by my name show reveal Jesus then I'll be able transform you guys are visiting from Liverpool go back to Liverpool with dreams in your hearts because you two are young but you can change that city forever you're not here just by coincidence but go back to Liverpool understanding that you can transform all the streets of that city because you're young you're strong ask Tim to sing the song and we're finishing and I know I went through a long time I'll probably hear <laughs> that I spent too much time at the Brazilian okay please use the song to ask God God where do you want me to commit where I've been too proud to offer just Days that I'm not too busy. Where I'm being too proud to check my agenda if I can or not. 